The world is more complex than ever. Who can make sense of it? Join Reverend Michael Angley Oguche on NUMA Podcast each week as he shows you how God's Word connects directly to your life in this age and helps you navigate trials and tribulations. If you want to deepen your relationship with God and learn what He has in store for you, listen and subscribe to NUMA Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Just search for NUMA Podcast. Hello and welcome to NUMA Podcast with the Reverend Michelangeli Oguche, bringing your way today the inspired Word of God, and I hope you will be blessed. Thank you for joining this podcast. Our key text today is taken from the book of Luke chapter 14, verse 1 and verse 7 to 14. One Sabbath, when Jesus went to eat in the house of a prominent Pharisee, he was being carefully watched. When he noticed how the guests picked the places of honor at the table, he told them this parable. When someone invites you to a wedding feast... Do not take the place of honor, for a person more distinguished than you may have been invited. If so, the host who invited both of you will come and say to you, Give this man your seat. Then, humiliated, you will have to take the least important place. But when you are invited, take the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he will say to you, Friend, move up to a better place. Then you will be honored in the presence of all your fellow guests, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Then Jesus said to his host, When you give a luncheon or dinner, do not invite your friends, your brothers or relatives, or your rich neighbors. If you do, they may invite you back, and so you will be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. Join me as I pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I thank you today for yet another privilege to be able to bring your word to the world. I pray today that you anoint the sound of my voice so that the listeners of this podcast will be blessed. And I seal this prayer in the precious name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The title of this podcast is Seeking the Margin. Seeking the Margin. Using a typical example of writing paper, margin is the edge of center content, such as the right or left edge of a column of the text. Margin helps define where a line of text begins and ends. When a page is justified, the text is spread out to be flushed with the left and right margins. Since the beginning of time, some people or even a whole society has been on the margins of one thing or the other. This is where we got the word marginalized from. In a real sense, no one person or a group wants to be on the margin of anything 
talkless of margin of society. Yet societal margins exist. As distasteful as it might be for those on the margin, societal margin, just like the paper margin we talked about earlier, helps us to define what the real society in a given area is like. It demonstrates where society's value lies and what is important to that society. In fact, you can tell what kind of society it is by observing how those on the margins are treated. When a society embraces social justice as its fundamental principle, visible margins disappears and fairness is spread out to be flushed with the left and the right margins and this type of system is very attractive and i think this is what uh, causes the breeding ground for even terrorists around the world and all that because when those on the margin find a level playing ground or have been promised better life in the center they give in to it. Now, Jesus Christ was always intentional in his mission. He never missed an opportunity such as the one in our key text in Luke chapter 14. This brings us to the question of the social Jesus Christ. I don't know if you know about the social Jesus, a Jesus that never said no to an invite. This is because this Jesus is on a mission and he knows his purpose of being here so for those who use this as a template to be everywhere at every time it must be well understood that though jesus christ went everywhere he went with one singular purpose and that is to seek out the lost and bring them home it wasn't that jesus just loved partying that's not the question here. He loves the souls of men and even women too because it is the Father's will that everyone should come to repentance. You find this in 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 9. Jesus Christ also said in Luke chapter 4 verse 18, the Spirit of the Lord is on me because he chose me to tell the good news to the poor people. He has sent me to tell the prisoners that they can go free and to tell the blind people they can see. He has sent me to set free those who have been wrongly held down. This is interesting. And this is the reason why Jesus Christ is always out there, because he's on a mission, because he knows his purpose. Now, he said the Spirit of God is upon him. To do what? To tell the good news to the poor. Why? Because if the poor hears the gospel and accept the gospel, their worldview will change and their life definitely will change. This is not the same as prosperity gospel. This simply means that once you get the gospel, it helps you to see the world differently. And once you see the world differently, everything changes. So he sent me to tell the prisoners that they can be free. This simply means that everyone who is in one kind of prison or the other can be free. 
and that's if they want to be free. You see, we are all in prison, but it's a matter of degree. It depends on what kind of prison you are in today. But Jesus is saying you can be free from those shackles, from those things that keep you down. You can be free. And this is why Jesus went everywhere he went with a purpose, especially to release those who are wrongly held down. We know that this was the mission of Jesus Christ then and that this is still the mission of Jesus even today. So, to understand this mission, we are invited to seek the margin rather than the center because when we see humanity at its lowest, it causes us to acknowledge God even the more. The margin shows us what society is like and what God is like too. We know that Jesus Christ had an interesting relationship with the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Sanhedrins and the high priests. They never really agreed on many grounds, yet he encountered them everywhere in the neighborhood. Their disagreement was simple, always as a result of conflicting views. These groups, especially the Pharisees, were concerned about maintaining tradition or the status quo and nothing else. Today, in most of our churches, especially the established one, we are very concerned about tradition. Don't get me wrong. There is nothing wrong with tradition so long as it does not constitute hindrance or nuisance to the propagation of the gospel. We need to be able to have a culture that allows the free course of the gospel without a hindrance. And that's what we're talking about. But these guys, these Pharisees especially, were people who think that anything that is not in their tradition must be wrong. In fact, they actually believed that they were chosen by God. They were the custodian of religion and culture. Anything else must be a threat. Even though Jesus Christ categorically stated in Matthew chapter 5 verse 17, don't think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I didn't come to destroy, but to fulfill. Did they believe him? No, they never believed him. They saw him as a rabble rouser instead. Jesus never came so that he can dismantle or destroy the things that were there. Rather, Jesus himself is the fulfillment of these ancient prophecies. Jesus Christ considered them as having the forms of godliness, but denied the power that comes with it. You see, my brothers and sisters, the power of God changes everything. And to know the source of such power is to know God himself. This God has manifested himself before their eyes in the person of Jesus Christ. Yet they did not know him because they are blinded by the status quo and they need deliverance from it. 
in the Apostle's first letter to Timothy, chapter 3, verse 16, uh, Paul says this, And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the word, received up into glory. The only time that this whole uh, prophecy or statement was true was when Jesus Christ walked on our planet. That's when the spirit justified him. That's when angels saw him. That's when he preached to the Gentile. That's when he was believed on in the word. That's when he was received up into glory. All this glaring evidence doesn't seem to make sense to these Pharisees and their lives. So Jesus Christ accuses them of hypocrisy. You can see this uh, in Matthew chapter 15 verse 1 to 2 and Luke chapter 11 verse 43 and verse 44 and verse 52. Interestingly, Jesus never turned down their numerous invitations to social functions such as the one in our reading today. Again, this was because Jesus Christ understood his mission. But Jesus never attended any event without impact. This is Numa Podcast with the Reverend Michelangeli Oguche. God bless you. Keep listening. One way or the other. A virtue we all should desire to have. On this occasion, in Luke chapter 14, the Bible stated in verse number 1 that Jesus was being carefully watched. Again, this makes sense that wherever we go as children of God, we too are to be mindful of the fact that we have been watched for good or for bad example of a follower of Jesus Christ. Now, the book of Hebrew chapter 12 verse 1 says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. As they were watching him, he was observing them. And here is the difference. They were probably looking for a fault to trap him, which looks like they were not really interested or ready to learn anything from him. While on the other hand, Jesus Christ was understanding how the guest protocols was being managed. And it provided Jesus Christ a platform to share with them what was most important. So, you can see the difference between watching and observing. There is clear distinction here. Jesus noticed the scramble for 
choice seating arrangement by the guests and decided to address it using parable. Jesus Christ used parable to communicate to his audience so as to illustrate insightful truths. Parables are representational and familiar such that listeners can relate easily with it. Yet, they require more clarification as there are tears of meaning in them. There are hidden meanings in parable. And that, I believe, is the work of the preacher, the work of the teacher. And that is why the teacher should be able to study the word rightly dividing them a workman that need not be ashamed. It would however appear to us in this day and age that the issues described by Jesus Christ are not necessarily our problems. The issue of class distinction. They do not happen and cannot happen, but we must never forget that social distinctions still exist in our society. That's why we have social class system. For example, in the United Kingdom today, it is believed that we now have at least seven social classes. One is the elite class. Those are the top of the ladder. Those who attend eating college, Cambridge and Oxford, and you find them mainly or mostly in the parliament. This group never get poured at any time. Then the second one is the established middle class. Then we have, following that immediately, the technical middle class. And we have new affluent workers. We have the traditional working class. We have the emergent service workers. And the one at the bottom of the ladder is the precariat. And these are those really, really on the margin of society. Social distinction may not be as pronounced as it was then in the Bible days because of uh, current social cultural engineering, yet they exist in subtle ways, even within the church ranks and file. It is worse in the developing world. This might make some people very uncomfortable, but it's true. In the developing world, you find that sometimes there are only two classes, the upper class and the lower class. There is no middle class at all. It's either you are rich or you are poor because of the way things are. So we still have social distinctions in society. It is not an easy task to seek the margin rather than the center, but that is what the second part of Jesus' address to the host was. To identify with the margin or the marginalized is to identify with God, their maker. This is because the scripture says this. In the book of Proverbs chapter 19 verse number 17, for example, Whoever is kind to the poor lends to the Lord, and he will reward them for what they have done. My question to you today, my brothers and sisters in the Lord, is this. Who among us in this world can lend to the Lord, the master of the universe? The I am that I am. The one who say, let there be and there is. 
who amongst us who not even the richest person not even the queen of england can learn to god but we must seek the margins rather than the center it's so easy to want to be in the center it's so easy to identify with the center but we have been encouraged today to seek the margin the united kingdom is strangely a generous country i say strangely because the uk's act of kindness towards outsiders is often offered remotely without direct contact for instance the british public are able to respond almost immediately whenever there is a natural disaster anywhere in the world one of such example was in the 2010 earthquake in port-au-prince haiti which the british public donated a whopping 107 million pounds according to the bbc also, the Charity AIDS Foundation stated recently in their report that around £10.1 billion in total was given to charity in 2018. These are mind-blowing figures as some countries' annual budgets are nothing near them. But you see, my brothers and sisters, you can give a gift without necessarily loving, but you cannot love without giving. But I think what our key text is telling us today is to move away a little bit from our choreographed act of hospitality that recognizes only those that are in our class and can reciprocate our gesture to those on the margin who would be unable to pay us even if they wanted to. My brothers and sisters, hospitality is not hospitality when such actions are intentionally directed towards our families, our friends, those we are comfortable with, and those like us. Because the Greek word for hospitality is philoxenia, which directly refers to the act of kindness or love for the stranger. So what I'm saying in essence here is our hospitality should not be done out of compulsion. It should be out of genuine love and it should not be done in such a way that we, we separate ourselves from these people because they are not one of us. As I bring this podcast to a conclusion, what I want us to take away today from this whole uh, podcast is that regardless of our social standing, class or creed, pigmentation, ethnicity, nationality, and all other differences in this world, we must ensure that this artificial Obstacles do not constitute hindrance for us, even as we look towards the great feast we all will share together in the presence of Jesus Christ. This, I believe, is what our key text for today draws our attention to. Finally, my brothers and sisters, when people come to us, whether in our homes or in our churches, and are deeply moved by the love we share with them. Their lives are changed, and I believe this is the whole point, and this is our mission, mission to change the world of injustice, 
to a place where justice reigns supreme as we allow God's will to be done here on earth by seeking the margin rather than the center. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I thank you today for this privilege to be able to share your word. And Father God, as many that have listened to this podcast, I pray for your blessing upon them. Lord, we also pray for the government of nations as they make policies that will favor those on the margin of society and give us your children, the church, that grace to be able to be there for those who will need us. And I thank you because you have answered this prayer in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. For listening to the Numa podcast, this has been the Reverend Michael Angeli Oguche. I pray that God will richly bless you until I come your way again.